Hello and welcome to the Champions of Happy podcast, the podcast where I talk to my friends about what makes them happy, what makes them smile and what brings them joy. Hi everyone, James here, your host of the Champions of Happy podcast. This is the final Halloween episode. I know this is a little bit late, but Halloween isn't just once a year, it's all year round in your spooky hearts. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry for the delay on this episode, life's been a bit busy. Um, I've been singing with the London Gamers Chorus and we had our Halloween ball and it was amazing. We all wore Halloween costumes, we sang at the Alexandria Palace and it was, it was incredible. It was, it, it was I've been waiting to do a Halloween show with my chorus for so long and we finally did it and it was a blast. Hence the delay to this episode. But it's out now and now now you can really just focus on all the lovely spookiness. I'm joined by Jason, who was the original first ever podcast guest on the podcast uh, and he's back and we cover the film Babadook. I am going to get on with the episode now because today's a busy day. So I'm going to edit this in post it live and enjoy bye hello and welcome back to the podcast not for the second time but for the third time jason hello hey james <laughs> hey how you doing i'm feeling very good thank you i'm so happy to be back and to see you again uh, it's been so long i actually haven't seen you in ages i feel really bad about it um oh. but that's because we live quite far away from each other now uh but uh, that will change damn you for sure. moving <laughs> I know. Uh, gross. Um, but so you were the very first guest ever on the Champions of Happy. So I'm very happy that you're back now to <laughs> ha- to bring you back for this Halloween twist for the Champions of Happy. Because as you know, this isn't normally what we do on this podcast. Normally, we I bring a guest on to talk about their life and their passions and their career and what they love doing and talking about what makes them happy. For Halloween, we're doing something different where I bring on past guests and I decide to scare myself for watching a horror movie that I've never seen before <laughs> and then traumatising myself and then talking about it afterwards as a bit of free therapy. So, Jason, before we get into the film itself, Halloween fan, yay, nay? I know, I know the answer to this already, but for the, the listeners at home, Halloween, yay or nay? Do you care about it? Is it a thing for you? Jason is a huge yay for Halloween. That is like, it's like <laughs> gay Christmas to me. It's like, it's the one day of the year where everyone can dress up as a total slut and be like totally happy about it. <laughs> but you've had some pretty impressive Halloween costumes in the past though. Like, I have. I, there, there are two that are jumping to, I've never, I didn't think I, I wasn't there when you wore them, but there are two that are jumping to my mind straight away. Before I say them, what have been some of your favourite Halloween costumes? So my ultimate favourite Halloween costume that I have personally made by hand is a complete Oogie Boogie like yeah. costume. Um, I made it out of complete Hessian and like I made a full sculptured face and it was in, I think it's about five different parts but I wore it for a Halloween party at home. I didn't even get to like take it out on the street. But one day it's going to make a, an appearance at Comic Con because honestly, it's one of my. It even glows in the dark as well. I don't... <laughs> Is it because it's made out of real Hessian? Mm-hmm. It's not incredibly itchy and uncomfortable. Well, it depends what you wear underneath. So I just wore like a a, a, a vest and a little pair of pants, and it was fine. But overall, it was it was pretty good and. Yeah, oh, I was I was very happy about that. So that was that was one of my main ones. Um, what else have I done in the past? Oh, um, I've done Beast from Beauty and the Beast. That was a good one. Um, I have done Winnie the Pooh, which was a very cutie one. That was the second one that came. Out <laughs> and but did you did you correct me if I'm wrong? Did you bloody him up? No, Winnie the Pooh was just literally just Winnie the Pooh. I actually like made full on like. Um, uh, shorts, calves, boots, and little ears, and I wore like, <laughs> I mean, infamous for a crop top. So I do love a crop top. So that was like the winner for me. Um, trying to think what else I've done in the past. Uh, what was the bloody one? So I did a. I know that the Disney one was the Beast one. Um, oh my god! Oh, I went as a Minotaur last year as well with a friend of mine. So we were called Twinitors. So we both wore like, nice. yeah. I mean, typical gay fashion had like a harness and a mesh vest but with like massive horns but we're like identical that was very cute (laughs) amazing what are your halloween plans this year so tomorrow which wait when we're recording this sorry when we're recording this so today's today's thursday Thursday when we're recording um 
tomorrow is my rugby Halloween party. So we are taking over the RVT. Uh, the London Stags are taking over the RVT from six till nine tomorrow. Um, having a bit of a break, going to the Cock Tavern and going back for push the button. So there's going to be... That is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. There's going to be like, I think there's about 50 or 60 of us all dressing up and going to um yeah have our own halloween party at the rvt woohoo oh I and then it. sunday is very wholesome um we're going around a friend's house and just carving pumpkins and watching halloween films but i pride myself on my pumpkin carving like oh really oh absolutely um Previously, I've done Stitch, Ariel, Jack Skellington, Oogie Boogie, uh, Michael Myers. I did Chernobog from Fantasia, which was like an ultimate of mine. Yes. Um, I mean, this won't come out before I do it, but this year is going to be a Jaws theme. So I'm going to do the Jaws with the woman swimming on top and on the, the water. Ooh. So that is going to be my theme for this year for my pumpkin. <laughs> Amazing. Are you quite competitive for your pumpkin carving? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> honestly if someone does better than me i'm like mm, okay i need another pumpkin chuck it over i need to do it again <laughs> friend of the podcast mikey um who's been a previous guest he every year carves a different pokemon into his po- into yes. his pumpkin i don't know if he's done one this year I, I think he was planning to if he has he's kept it very quiet as to which one it's going to be um but he's very good i keep mine very simple last year i did a um very basic uh, black Philip goat head with horns, which I was quite impressed with, but it's not like goat it's head, not like an artistic, um, you know, like a devil. Oh, um, okay, like a, like a yeah, yeah, like black Philip. Um, I'm conscious. I'm talking really. I don't normally record in this room, so I'm conscious. I'm really loud. So I'm just gonna take one. Let's. <laughs> oh, sorry. The, the neighbors are really loud anyway, so they can do with me talking for a little while. Um, so you like dressing up? You like pumpkins? Um, generally, what? Why? why was Halloween a big thing for your household when you were growing up? Or was it more something that you've taken as an adult? Um, it's a bit of both, really. Like, when we was younger as kids, we used to always do it um, at home. We used to always do, like, the bobbing for apples. We used to go trick-or-treating around our friends and families and neighbours' houses. And it was always something that we used to um, do. Oh, one, one, I'm from a little, like, seaside town. And every Halloween, they have something called the Guy Carnival, which is like Guy Fawkes Night, but it was just to coincide with um, Halloween. So it was a town tradition for everyone to get dressed up and just like walk down the streets like a big pride procession. So I think this is where it, like this is where pride started for little Jason was when uh, we used to go and march down the street just as little ghosts and ghouls. And yeah, that, I think that's where it all came from. So from that, it just spurred on bigger and bigger and i'm a big horror fan anyway and i'm i mean come on james you know i'm a huge like tim burton guy so it all like adds together and in the end it's like okay so i'm a little bit of a kooky spooky person (laughs) you reminded me when you mentioned your hometown because i was reading a book recently uh about witches from where you're from oh oh my god yes 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 okay so i don't know why i'm so please tell me more about this because when you told me they're from where... So I read this book about witches mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, it turns out they're from where Jason uh, originates from. Uh, and yeah, I, I love witch... I, so I'm not a big fan of scary stuff, but I do love a witch story. So please tell me more. Okay. Now I've got you here. Okay, Go. so back in back in the day, um, there was even... Where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Okay, so it's so famous. There was even a most haunted... Um, live show twice in different oh places near where i'm from the first one was at the readout fort which was um the celebrity ghost hunting where they used to go to the readout fort in harwich and they did like a whole seance thing there was like rylan and um was it Jimmy collins i can't remember but there's loads of these like um celebrities that went to um visit the fort and go into um because i'm from a world war ii town so they used to go into the fort go into the um, prisons and try and summon ghosts. That was one thing, which is great. The other one is Missley near Manningtree. And that is where the famous witch trials used to happen. And there was like witches used to get hung from the trees down by like the river. And to this day, there are still um, talks of witches and ghosts being walking down the street. Um, I actually have a ghost story. Do you want me to tell you it? 
Uh, absolutely. So. Oh, actually, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm going to be scared, but yeah, go ahead. You probably will be. So um, it was one that I was not aware of until after it happened. So I was driving home from Ipswich one day through Manningtree back to my hometown. And I was driving along with um, three other friends in my car. And I was like, oh, my God, that person's walking along the road. Why are they walking along the road? It's so cold outside. It's really cold. And I was like, why are they just in, like, minimal clothing? And they were like, what do you mean? What person? I'm like, that person there. You know, that they're, they're walking along that side of the road. And they were like, there's nobody there. I'm like, yeah, there is. Look, there's, And I actually um, drove to the next roundabout, flipped around, and actually drove back to try and, like, pick them up just to make sure that they were okay. Mm. And... There was like that there was nobody there and it wasn't until a little bit of research later that i found out that there used to be a um hitchhiker murderer in that sort of like area and it's called like the suitcase murderer and um i was talking to someone about it one day and they said did you see their feet and i was like what do you mean did i see their feet like, did you see their feet and i was like well n- no they were just like kind of like walking along i just saw them from like the knees upwards and they're like yeah that's because that's um, a notorious ghost of the area and you don't see their feet because they walk along the original footpath that used to be there. And that's why you don't see their feet because that's naturally been built up since then. So they walk along the original oh. path. I was like, oof, creepy. Um, yeah. So the other thing for Missley as well is um, there's a woman that is apparently supposedly walking into the river of an evening. So if you go down at a certain time, you see her standing by the side of the riverbank and she actually walks into the river and submerges herself. So, yeah. (laughs) So do tell me your your second ghost story, please. So the other one I've got is I've got family that lives in America. So I went to their house. We was like in my uh, early 20s back in the day. Um, And they live in the middle of a woods on the middle of a lake creepy to begin with right mm-hmm. um so anyway i was staying in my cousin's room and um i woke up in the middle of the night and i was like oh i really need the bathroom so i went into the bathroom opened up the door which was a conjoining room and i saw someone standing there i'm like oh i'm so sorry and then i was moving from left to right and i could see someone like a shadow standing there i was like, oh okay so someone's clearly standing there i said i'm really sorry i shut the door and went back to bed i was like waited there for half an hour then went back to the bathroom and went to the bathroom and it wasn't until the morning that i was like oh who was in the bathroom last night i was like i'm really sorry i didn't mean to walk in on anyone they were like what do you mean i was like well someone was in the bathroom i didn't mean to walk in on them there was someone standing there and they were like the the conjoining door was locked no one was in there and i was like what do you mean they're like oh there, there was nobody in there i was like so who do I see that? Oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to tell you, our house is like kind of haunted because we live in like the middle of this like uh... woodland area <laughs> and it was a rebuilt house. I'm like, so who the hell did I see in that bathroom? And they were like, oh, there's there's apparently a ghost that lives on the top floor. I'm like, great. Thank you for telling me that afterwards that I went in there and saw this person. I literally a full on premonition of a head, shoulders, full on body was standing there. Yeah, it was... It was um, that was a, that was kind of a one to talk about at breakfast the next so day. This feels like a silly question, seeing as you've told me this now. But do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe you really saw something, or what? Do you think it was a, a trick of your mind? Do you do you believe um, it to be real? No, I do believe in. I do believe in like paranormal premonitions. I I do believe that something must exist afterwards, but I believe it's more like energies. I don't think anyone's there to harm. Personally, I don't think that anyone's there to harm. I just think it's like there is residual energy that's left there, and that's what I saw. So, I mean, this person was just standing there. They just did nothing. Like, if they meant something, they would have come for me. But I'm a big old boy. They're not going to come for me. I love the idea, though, of when... I mean, not, I don't love the idea of you being dead, but I, I love the idea of when you are passed, that you appear in your Winnie the Pooh Halloween outfit in the middle of the night <laughs> as a ghostly figure. I was like... Is that a scary one of the poo? Is that a friendly one of the poo? What is this? What's going on? Let's uh, face it. Someone's going to want to hug me if they see me in like a Winnie the Pooh costume. Let's yeah, face it. I don't know. If I, <laughs> if I saw a Winnie the Pooh in the middle of the night on Trunk Ghost Lou, might not want to go. My instinct wouldn't be to hug the Winnie the Pooh. 
Um, so that weirdly brings us on to your film of choice uh, for the evening uh, uh, of ghosts and of all things eerie, The Babadook. Um, yeah. This film was brought out in 2014. It's Australian. I My only knowledge of this was... I didn't have much knowledge of this film other than the the drawing of the Babadook. I knew of the mm-hmm. sound that it makes. Babadook. Oh, God, that's not fun, Jason. Uh, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I didn't really know much about it. And I must say, so I've watched... Three films for this Halloween special. T- sadly, we were meant to do um, a, a a film on the, with the original Nightmare on Elm Street with former guest Ralph, but Ralph isn't feeling very well. So, Ralph, if you're listening, I do hope you're feeling better. I have watched it. I do have feelings. So maybe we'll do, I don't know, a, a random Christmas Halloween episode with you instead. I don't know. Who knows? I've watched it. I've made the notes. I have opinions. Um, but uh, you decided to bring on the Babadook into my life. And I did enjoy it. It was scary. It's the only film of this of the three that I've watched that I've watched in the the four of that I've watched um, at night time, which probably <laughs> I've had a fit to drink as well, which probably didn't help either. I'm alone in the in the flat. It's very dark. I've got candles lighting the place. My neighbour above me, um, our floors do creak a little bit. So every now and then, no knocking, just a bit of creaking when he's walking. I'm like, is that the film, or is that my, or is this real, or is it the flat? Ah. So before we go into into the film, can you first tell me your first um, experience of the film? When did you first watch it? What did you originally think? Go. Knock the okay. camera over and the microphone while you do it. It Sorry. was the Babadook. It was the it was the Babadook. <laughs> um, I watched this film a few years ago, um, and I remember it being super super creepy. The whole thing about this film, I feel, is all about the tension. It's all about the creepiness. There's not so much like there's no jump scares. There's no gore. There's no um, there's, there's no in your face like horror. It's all about creepiness and tension. And I thought that would be a good thing for James to experience <laughs> because the, I, I sent you a, a very short list of films that I felt, oh, James might like this. But then do you know how hard it was to not pick something that had gore in or too many jump scares that I was trying to be nice to you in some ways. Oh, bless you. Everyone was, everyone's trying to be really nice, actually, because my only two rules were nothing like Saw um, mm-hmm. and nothing... Um, what was the other one? And not Midsummer, because I'm a sister, <laughs> no, I'm never watching it. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, no torture porn. Uh, so everyone was really kind, actually, with their, their choices. This film probably scared me the most, I think, of the, the films I've watched. Oh, I've I also think... watched um, Elvira, Queen of the Damned, but due to yeah. scheduling um, uh, problems, like we just didn't, there was not, wasn't enough time to record the episode. So hopefully we'll eventually get to use that with another guest from the past. Um, but this is probably the scariest one. When did you first watch it? Do you know? Do you remember where you were? Who you with? When um, was it a cinema outing? No, it was not. I actually definitely watched it at home. I definitely watched it in the dark, and I definitely watched it after a couple of drinks. Um, I just remember being completely creeped out by it because there was so much underlying um, issues there. So it's not just a pure horror horror. It, there was a lot about. Um, I mean, uh, I suppose I can say it on here. Yeah. But there, there, there's there's a lot about um, depression. There's a lot about grief. There's a lot about um, dealing with like issues that are going on in like the family, like hub and home. Mm-hmm. And because of all these things that are, are happening, that adds to the horror and the tension part of it. So it's not such as an in-your-face horror. It's more of an uncomfortable horror. So the, the, I, I love torture porn. I love um, I love gore. I love horror. I love being jump scared. But when something comes along that makes me just feel uncomfortable, hmm. that makes me think, "Ooh, um, this is kind of a little bit different." Um, and that's when I watch Babadook, and it's got a lot of um, yeah, the, the the underlying issues are a, a big part of it. And there's so many um, aspects that have happened like since then that have made it into like sort of like a cult film. And I do love a bit of a cult film because it's a, it's a one-off. Like um, the director has said that they are never going to do a se- sequel at all. It's no, never going to happen. you could with this film. No. No. Well, um, you, well you could, but you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they, they've actively said it's never going to happen. This is it. This is the one and only time they're going to do it. Because um, basically, they, they, I think from what I remember reading, they, they, they made it because their actual friend had a child that had this um, imaginary monster called this like Babadook or something. And they actually made it into a f- film. That's where it came from. It was like based upon a true story. Uh, uh. So, could you give us an overview of the general plot before we get into it? As we before we deep dive into it. Yeah, before we before we go into it, it's basically the story of um, uh, a woman at the very very beginning of the film. She is in the middle of a car accident. At the first, you don't kind of know what's going on, but she's in the middle of a car accident. Turns out, she's on the way to the hospital to give birth to her son, and in that car accident, her husband passes away. She gives birth to him, and then she is now living with grief and living with her son. Um, and they go through this little bit of a journey. Um, she is dealing with the struggles of like raising this child, and um, dealing with the grief of like her, the death of her husband. And then she comes across this book, which comes out in the middle of nowhere. And it's called like the Babadook, which is a little pop-up book that she reads to her son, um, which turns out to be kind of true in some ways, in their way. Um, And then it's about what happens to him over the course of the journey of the film. Um, Cumulating? Is that the right word? Cumulating? Yeah. Um, In the fact that they're now living with it in their basement. (laughs) Um, so that, that is the, the very short story arc of it. There was a lot of things that happen in the middle in, in between, which I'm sure we're probably going to go through, but at the end of the day, it's that, that is the long story short of it. It's, it's on the very basic level. It's a ghost story, but mm-hmm. media had me, I mean, I think it's, it's not like a hard thing to read into, but it's definitely dealing, it's like depression and grief and mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress and trauma and embodied into this being an entity into the house um and i think if you could easily say there was no ghost at all it was all in this woman's head dealing with the issues she's got but i'm gonna take it as a ghost movie <laughs> because let's not get too it's a thursday night at 10 o'clock i've had a few gins let's not get too deep uh, so the begin. i first before we start in the film, i think this film is scarier creepier uh-huh. not creepier that's the, i don't I think them being Australian and their accents really add something to it. I think if it was American or British or anything else, I don't think it would it would hit quite the way it does. I think their their accents really because her voice in particular it's, it is quite soft, but then there are moments within the film where it does get quite deep and heavy. Uh-huh. And I think she's an incredible actress. I think she's quite beautiful as well. And, you know, yeah, I think she's got quite a beautiful face. Um, and wh- was she weirded out by the hair, though? Like, oh, yeah. I, I was like, There's a lot the, of it. The, the entire time throughout the film, is like, is her hair nice or is it not nice? I'm like, does it look like she just put on like a random wig or is it actually like quite styled? I, I could not figure it out. She hasn't slept, has she, for ages? So she, I guess she, she hasn't slept for seven years. She just wants a good sleep and a good bath <laughs> and, and a good night's rest. And then her hair would look lovely. But... So the film begins and they, um, the boy's causing trouble at school because um, he's, he's not fitting very well with the kids. He no. thinks there's a ghost in his house. He's trying to protect his mum. So the book, so the, the mum is reading her son a storybook before bedtime. He mm-hmm. picks one at random um, mm-hmm. and it's a book she's never seen before. And the moment she starts reading the book... It's quite clearly a scary book because it's the way it's drawn, the font, the 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 colour. It's, it's all in black and grey. It's a bit mm-hmm. Tim Burtony, but actually quite scary Tim Burtony. It's like, I don't know how she didn't clock sooner that this actually maybe this book isn't quite appropriate for my child at bedtime. Um, but then the child does like say, "No, no, I want to hear. I want to listen. Read the read the story. Read the story." But straight away, I was like, "Well, clearly this is not a good book. What are you doing?" Yeah, and she she stops halfway, but the camera keeps going. It's like, um, if you was it, um, if you care and like, if you care and like, if you if you deny me, then you would like see me, and then you will end up dead. I was like, oh, okay, so this is gonna carry on going. Ooh, should I read uh, the book? Should I read the? Let me... Oh, do you have the full blurb? Sure. Because all I have it. is the beginning. I only remember the beginning bit. Like, if it's in a word, and it's in a book, 
you can't get rid of the Babadook. <laughs> the Babadook. If it's in a word or if it's in a book, you can't get rid of the Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. You better run or he'll hold you in his locks. Ba, 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 duck, duck, duck. Your closet opens and you're honestly hoping he won't hear a sound. But that's when you know he's around. So close your eyes and count to ten. But I hope you won't wake up again. Because if it's in a word or if it's in a book, you can't get rid of the Babadook. You'll see him if you look. That was really hard, all right? Mm, well done. <laughs> bravo, bravo, bravo. They're clearly not a, not a Disney princess story. No. Uh, where's the so, castle? Literally, where's the prince, right? Where's the handsome prince? But, so, what adds to this film is... Uh, obviously, the, the child actor is amazing because... It's a it's Aww. a really intense it's a really intense story. It's a really intense role. It's a really intense story, um, film to be part of. I'm sure he's if he was my son, <laughs> he would have been thrown out of the house. But okay, so he's the thing is though, so annoying. But it adds to yeah. it. I know why he's annoying, but he's still annoying. <laughs> okay, so yes, he's very annoying. He's very frustrated. He's very traumatic. All he ever wants to do, though, is show affection to his mum and save her. And she just, she denies his affection all the time, which is so sad. She was like, don't do that. Don't get too close. It's like, he just wants to hug you. Mm. And she, she pushes him away every single night when they sleep in the bed. And I know he's got, like, boundary issues. I mean, there was that infamous scene where she's enjoying herself. And he, um, with the with the machine that is for... Ladies or pleasure? I think I must have blanked out. Was that the beginning? Stop, Did James. I miss that? Right. Okay. So she is literally in bed. She opens up a little drawer. She pulls out a little machine from her. Oh, I did box. grab a gin at the start. Maybe this is when it was. <laughs> oh, she pulls a little machine out of her um, drawer and she starts enjoying herself, as any lady is entitled to. Um, and as she's getting to that moment of enjoyment employed words um he runs in going mom 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 the baba dog oh i think i was getting a drink at that point um oh yeah i know so i well at the beginning he's dressed up in his magic uh magician's outfit and gold mm-hmm. stuff I, d- I didn't clock it at the time but he strokes her face a few times and then he hugs her and then she says don't do that and i was a bit confused yeah. because had she done it straight away i would have got it but i think because she did it after the hug then I was confused. I was like, okay, you don't like the stroking of the face thing. So there were, there were issues with her as well and boundary and mm-hmm. closeness and touch. But the way he goes on, mom, 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 mommy, it's like, it reminded me of that um, scene from Family Guy. A story from Family Guy. <laughs> mom, 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 mom. And then Lewis just snaps, what? Nothing. <laughs> and then runs away. I'm like, uh, I can see why she gets frustrated. But then her sister is also a, a very not nice person. She is not supportive in any way, shape, or form. She's no. like, I mean, your husband's dead. Just move on. I'm it's like, it's been seven years. Get over it. I'm like, wait, what? You can't just say that to someone who's going through like trauma. But oh, my daughter doesn't want to have a party with your son anymore. <laughs> it's like, um, calm down. It's like the children. Yeah, but also her daughter, so his cousin, is also horrible as well mm-hmm. uh, so when oh he God. pushed her out of the treehouse it's kind of like we well, had that coming yeah um your your dad died didn't so he didn't have to be with you i was like that's awful thing to say to a child mm. absolutely Horrible. awful Horrible. it did feel weird though when they were in the scene um the the the, the niece's birthday party uh they're mm-hmm. in the kitchen and the walls behind them are all white and it's bright and i know it's to cause a, a dis- distinction between her, their nice clean house compared to the other horrible, less nice house. But it also, it felt so, it felt like it almost, the way they filmed it, felt like a very different film. It felt like a very different, it felt a bit cheap. That Did you not feel that all of the mums in the background looked like the real housewives of like Beverly Hills? And she was sitting there as like the little dowdy one with like the bad hair and the bad yeah. outfit. And they're all in their navy outfits that are all matching. And they're like, my husband doesn't go to the gym. It's like, wait, so your, your problem is you don't go to the gym. Yeah. And she's like, my husband's dead. It's like, mm, but they're all like prim and proper and prissy and beautiful. And she's sitting there with like, looking like 
she's not slept for like three months. <laughs> mm, a lifetime. Mm-hmm. That was it. Oh, oh. then the, the sorry the, no. the 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 hardest the hardest moment of that film comes in that scene after that after he pushes her out of the. I mean, yeah, he pushes her out of the the, the treehouse. Fine, great. He sends her home. It wasn't that car. high though. It was. It wasn't no, that I know. High. But the part where he's not in the encouraging back of the car, that we, we throw children out of treehouses. Just saying. <laughs> oh, disclaimer. Um, but when she's in the car with him, and she's like, "Why can't you just be normal?" And I was like, "Oh, that literally hurt me a little bit." I was like, "Nobody is normal. There is nothing. There's no such thing as normal. You can't be normal. Nobody is normal." No, and... but I, I do feel for her so much though, because he's a he's a hand, he's a real handful, and if you have not slept for that long. <laughs> True. I, so I, I was totally on mum's side. I really was. <laughs> but then she's like, okay, so I'll tell you what, let's go get some pills and make you sleep. I'm like, shouldn't you just go to therapy or like get your own pills so you can sleep yourself? It's well, like, they tried therapy, but he said it was going to take weeks for him to like get on the list, didn't they? So. Oh, this is very true. Okay, my bad. So there's a scene where she's at, so she, her job is she works at a old people's home where she cares for the elderly. Uh, gives them medicine, does entertainment. And there's a scene where she's doing bingo and bless the old people. They're so not there anymore. They're not really uh, paying attention um, or conscious enough to understand what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been to now, it, she's just she's just literally drawing the numbers. 11, 6. I've been to enough drag bingo now to think you could make this so much more interesting. You could be having a great time right now. They might mm-hmm. not be, but you'd be having a ball. Lights, flashing colours music i mean the old people in that room would not it wouldn't be for them but she could have fun um after after that part oh after after that part that's after she's um ripped up the book and chucked it away and things like that Mm. but then all of a sudden she gets the book back and it's the pop-up where she it shows a different storyline from what she read with um sam at the beginning so now is the pop-up where it's got a woman who then kills the dog and then she kills the the boy and then she like slits her own throat and i was like that's 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 very dark and that's coming from nowhere so she goes and decides to like burn it out of like the middle of nowhere so she goes outside and burns it blah blah it's great so then she phones the police and say, oh someone's like trying to like torture my house someone's like coming after me and then she hangs up on the police and then they phone her back and it's like Ba, ba, do, do, do. <laughs> uh, listening to you do that while I've got headphones on is really unsettling. <laughs> sorry. Oh dear, sorry. Okay, sorry. I'll stop that. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. I promise. Uh, I promise. It was horrible when she goes to the police though, and they're absolutely no help. Like she, she goes there genuinely mm-hmm. asking for help, and they're just like, oh well. Yeah, no, can't do anything about it. Like, whatever. It's like, well, you could if you actually gave a damn. But, mm-hmm. and they didn't care. Oh, I felt bad for the um, her potential love interest as well. Um, oh, was his name? Uh, Rob, Robbie? Robbie? I'm going to say Robbie. Let's say Robbie for this sake. Um, we're going to go for Robbie. We're going to go for Robbie. <laughs> but yeah, he turns up at the house and he's like, he gives her flowers and he gives the kid a toy because he thinks he's sick. Um... And it's like, oh, it's a shame we didn't get to see more of him. But I also, like, I also, in a way, it's a really small cast, and it predominantly is just the mum and son. Mm, and I like that. He is a child actor. They do. Ba- I mean, as annoying as the role is, not the child, but the actual character is annoying, in my opinion. Um, the way they act together, though, is is incredible. Like he, for such a young age, is so in it. And it's mm. really impressive. I think he was like. I think I read that he was like six or seven when they filmed this. Um, they tried to dumb down some of the, the horror aspects of it, but they mm. actually kept him in a little bit of a state of fear throughout some of it. But he was like six, I'm pretty sure it was six or seven. Um, Cause they didn't want older kids in it because they didn't want to look like they were acting. They just wanted to be a bit more natural. Yeah. And that's why they went with someone younger. Uh, I'd love it. But I would love to watch like a behind the scenes kind of like, director's cut not director's cut but like just to see how they worked with him to see how they got mm. the best out because he is incredible um but he is yeah yeah but the way he did his fits and he's like, he's crying and his fear and his yeah he's really good i mean really annoying but really good <laughs> oh absolutely 
um, so the, when we finally the Balbadook starts to actually appear, um, the 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 we don't see him a lot in the film, but there's a moment no. where she she goes to bed and her door is quite far away from where her bed is, so it's literally across the room. And you see nothing except for maybe I think it's like a torso or something. Or oh or wait wait wait! And the, it goes the, behind the door, and it's the, ugh. the dog comes in first. Oh god, the dog! Yes, yes. It's all about the dog first. So the dog dogs always know. So the dog scratches at the door. She opens up the door. The dog comes in. She shuts the door. The dog gets in bed with her, and it's like okay, this is all cute. And all of a sudden, the door just opens again. Mm, it's like uh... dogs always know. What is the first thing I text you when we first started watching this? Please, nothing happened to the dog. Yeah, the dog literally, the dog <laughs> is the cutest little thing in the world. It's a little fluffy thing. It's like, the boys were being really annoying. I text Jason saying, oh God, he's really annoying. Then the dog appears. Like, I capitalized text Jason saying, no harm can come to this dog. Later on, the dog does die, which is very sad. I was, very, I was, I was very sad. But it doesn't the... just die. She no, fucking she... rings its well, neck. Well, Duck has p- possessed her. Okay, yeah, and yeah, yeah. He fine. kills the dog. She doesn't kill the dog. But that's scary. She doesn't kill the dog. In the book, there is the bit where she kills the dog, so you assume the rest is also going to happen as well. Did you know there's a website called Does the Dog Die? I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm scared to ask no. what this is about. No, no, <laughs> is no, 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 no. Or not? no, no, this is not Babadook related. This is literally um, a, a, an actual website where people like you and I who don't want to see harm come to dogs, mm-hmm. there's actually a website called does the dog die so when you're watching a film if there's a dog involved you can actually google this film and it tells you if the harm happens to the dog so you can stop watching it if you want to that's amazing thank you for telling me about that because i will 100 percent use that <laughs> i love me a dog and I i'm know. so happy that's a thing let me yeah. google that right now does the dog die does the dog die oh my god does the die dog does the die does the dog die? dot com. Let's so let's put in the Babadook because we know he dies. <laughs> Babadook, the Babadook. Um, okay, click on it. Uh, for anyone who doesn't want to watch the death of the dog, don't watch from one hour in nine minutes to eleven. An hour in See? nine minutes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, what you other are films welcome. Have, <laughs> films have dogs in. Um, like Marley and me, but obviously Marley dies. Oh. Um, oh, Hachi. What? Have you never seen Hachi? No. <gasps> heard of it. Oh my god, that's a true story as well. It's one it's... with um, Richard Gere, and the, it's it's actually based in like I think it's Japan or China. I'm really sure Japan. But it, um, it's a dog called Hachi that used to like follow him to the train station every day, and he used to get on the train and go to work, and the dog used to sit there all day and wait for him to come home. And every day, then he'd come home. Then they go home together. And one day, the dog gets there. He gets on the train, goes to work, and just doesn't come home. And then the dog just stays there the entire time. <laughs> like, oh, okay. There's actually a statue about it. There's actually a statue called Hachi now as well. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so as we get towards the end of the film, the Babadook has possessed Mum. And uh, the Babadook in mum's form is trying to essentially kill the child. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not really clear why the Babadook wants to kill the child. Um, he just does. I don't think they, they don't think they go into it. No, um, they don't. And they it's try to literally use... just because. Just because. And they try to use um, the dead dad as a uh, an illusion to try and trick mum into actually doing it. Ooh. I'm sorry, but how hot is the dad? So hot. So glad you oh. said it. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, he could be my daddy. I was like, honestly, he's so hot. I literally wrote an exclamation mark in capital letters, exclamation marks. Husband equals hot, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Everything I've watched, horror related, all the four, four, five, all the films I've watched for this Halloween season of Champions of Happy, every guy has been hot. Candyman, he was hot. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Elvira and Bob is really hot. Um, Oh, actually, Elm... Nightmare on Elm Street was a hook. Was there a hook? <gasps> Did you watch the second one? Oh no! Yeah, the first one's got Johnny Depp in. It is a very young Johnny Depp sporting with a crop these like top. nice little crop top. Not 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 interested in him though. Um, okay, maybe maybe the only exception for the films I've watched is Nightmare on Elm Street. But everything else I've watched has always included the hot guy. Oh, and Insidious, <laughs> he's really hot. The dad. Um, um, have you watched the second Nightmare on Elm Street yet? No, I'm curious. So I'm I want to. Does it continue on for the first one or not? 
Um, it it does a little bit, but it's because the ending as... of the first one really annoyed me. So the second one is known as like the queer horror film of mm. Nightmare on Elm Street. I've heard this. Oh my god, it is so homoerotic and so homosexual in the best way possible. Um, yeah, you need to you need to watch it with um, queer eyes, and it's amazing. <laughs> so we'll quickly get to the end of the Babadook, and then we can go Sorry. on a bit. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's all good. Uh, and then we'll talk about other queer stuff. Um, so essentially, mum manages to get Babadook out of her body, and mm-hmm. uh, she tells him, this is my house, uh, you're trespassing. And she shouts at him enough that he goes away. But he then, the Babadook goes into their basement. Mm-hmm. And then everything is is then sunshine and roses. Everything seems normal. And then it just seems like they're keeping Babadook as a house guest. And they feed him yeah. worms. Um, so I think the metaphor is you have grief, you deal with it. The grief and depression never goes away. And it's always there. That's my initial reading of the film it's like d- depression is always there it will never go away and it's you it's something you always have to deal with and grief and all negativity isn't just something that magically solved so that was my first reading of the film i'm sure if i thought about it deeper i could go into it more but is that kind of what you got from it as well yeah a hundred percent so um grief and depression are always there for for people that experience it Regardless, trauma, grief, depression, it never goes away, but it's how you deal with it and how you can experience it and how you can like process it as a person. It's a case of, okay, fine. We have this entity that is part of our house. How do we deal with that? So we go down, we feed it. It's part of our world now, but we're going to carry on our life. But every now and again, we're going to feed it a little bit of what it needs. So that is literally what i got from it as well james so a hundred percent the babadook in some respects does equal depression and trauma which is a bit sad but, but he's also a ghost all right most of he's all he's also a ghost. ghost he's a ghost all right but he's also depression and grief and it was interesting when the kid said can he go downstairs to see the babadook and she said when you're older so i guess mm-hmm. that will also be part of his journey of growing up as well but dealing with his issues with his, losing his father and Mm. how you live with it yeah living with it i suppose but how do you live with it this is how they live with it how they live with it now is they live their life but every now and again they go down and feed it worms yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so i deal with my mental issues um i feed it worms um no i shouldn't say that um so i a few years after the babadook was out i saw on twitter something about the babadook being gay but having not really watched the babadook or knew anything about it. I didn't pay it much attention whereas I know you do could you please yeah. expand on what this queer Babadook thing is for me and why is he part of our rainbow flag family now or is it, he or is, is or he's, he's part of the umbrella um but how it started originally was Netflix actually read um um listed the Babadook as an LGBTQ film I remember this now. Yes, keep going. And everyone was like, why? And then someone on Twitter, I think it's Twitter or Tumblr, said was like, well, hang on a minute. He has top hats. He's into drama. He has pop-up books. He wants to live in suburbia and he comes out of the closet. He has jazz hands and nails. I mean, he is literally a queer icon. And all he wants to do is live in a house in suburbia and that is how it came about that he is now a queer icon. And because of that, yeah, he came. He literally, he literally came out of the closet with his jazz hands and his nails, with his top hat, and he was like, "Hi, I'm here." Babadook, <laughs> slay. slay. <laughs> um, <That's> so basic. <laughs> but the thing is, but then other people started deep diving into it. But then, when you look at some of the wording, the more you deny it, the the stronger I get which is one of the lines that the Babadook says, which is basically say like the, an invisible threat that's made through denial and oppression, like queerness is often like looked at that from society's level. So the, the, the more you deny queerness, the stronger they get, the stronger they kind of come out, the stronger they're going to be visible. And the, the more they're perceived as a threat, the more they're going to come out and like share what they are in heteronormative society. So that is how 
the Babadook is now a pride icon. <laughs> I do love our community, how we do latch on to, this, to, to things and claim them for our own. Yeah, that's ours now. Yeah, definitely go. Definitely queer. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. I, I, I can see the, um, the uh, mirroring aspects of it. Yeah. And, like, honestly, like, when I think of it like that way, I'm like, mm, I kind of I get it. Yes, he's, like, quite harsh. But at the same time, I'm like, when people are tracking these things out into like Reddit and Tumblr and Twitter, blah, 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 it's like, mm, that kind of makes sense too at the same time. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's quite cute, but yeah. Do you have any other fun facts about the film for us? I do. Um, one that I found online is uh, Babadook is apparently Hebrew for he is coming for sure. I know. And the other one is also, it's an anagram for a bad book, which means Babadook. Uh... Oh, also, do you know you can actually buy the Babadook pop-up book? No, I'm good. No. So which when I get one, you though? for Secret... The original or the... Yeah. So when I get you for Secret Santa this year, I'm going to buy you the Babadook pop-up Absolute... book and Absolute... send it to your house and just leave it on your not. doorstep. <laughs> Absolutely not, Jason. If you do that, you'll never see me again and we'll never speak again. <laughs> if anyone gets anyone does anything scary to me after listening to these podcasts, please know we will not be friends. So I think I've asked everyone on the I've asked Sam and Dame this, so I'll ask you as well. Did you like Hocus Pocus too? I I did. Oh, can you hear his voice, listeners? He's getting very, he's thinking about it now. He's going to get very serious all of a sudden. I am getting very serious. Um, the only thing I didn't understand is why did they start singing as soon as they came alive? Because they're singing a song that they've never heard of because they've been dead for 300 and now, what, 20 years? Because they're showgirls. Great. Fine. Um, but... Um, Sarah Jessica Parker stole the show for me. She literally stole the show for the entire episode. Um, So I loved that. Um, Even, uh, what's her name? Catherine Jimmy, the way that she perceived herself. um, She was, she, even the little things like having her jaw go one way, Winifred slap her, and her jaws the other way the entire episode, like the rest of the like the episode, yeah. the, the film, which is great. So I did like it. I, I mean, you can't beat an original. The only thing that I didn't like, I didn't like. That's a harsh way to say it. The only thing that I felt a bit uneasy was they they like they made them too lovely. Like I wanted to have a little bit more grit to them. Sure. Like, oh, do you know what I did love? The young girls playing them. They were, oh my they were god! So good. That little girl playing Winifred was yes. Mm. She was literally Bette Midler as a nine-year-old child. Uh, she was absolutely amazing. Loved it. Love, 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 love. They are one hundred percent going to get Disney Plus shorts now. Those three girls. Oh, absolutely. But it, I mean, as a whole, I love the film. When you've got an original that you aspire to aspire to is the wrong word when you've got an original that you love so much and you're drawn to so much it's really hard to bring something back it was very much made for the fans which i'm not mad at i'm really not mad at i loved it because oh i get to see more of the sanderson sisters that is what i'm there for i'm like i'm gonna raise a gin to the sanderson sisters brilliant love it but it still doesn't mean that i'm gonna choose it over the original so no, of course of course not no no uh, and i think i've heard that from a lot of people they they, they enjoyed it but they didn't love it um mm-hmm. i enjoyed it i actually thought it was really good but i also understand oh, what you're saying the whole they witches were a bit soft um but i get it it's a, we're a different year, we're a different year now as well where disney are i think because the original was so was a cult wasn't a cult it was a disney film but it, it still didn't have the the restrictions, shall we say, that Disney probably has now. Do you know what I got excited about, though? Uh, the, the one part where um, Sarah was like, but that was my one thing that I could do. Oh, that made me but, laugh so much. <clears throat> but then, all of a sudden, it got to the end, and suddenly she had powers. So I was like, oh my god, is she the new Supreme? Is Sarah going to be the new, like, queen? 
<laughs> the witches. And then she stands up for herself, and then when he tells her to shut up, she's like, okay, sorry, bye. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, she could have been the next one. Poor Sarah, poor Sarah. Well, Jason, thank you for joining me on this Halloween special episode. It's been a spectacular treat. Let me try that again. It's been a spectacular treat having you again <laughs> on the podcast. It's always a pleasure. Hopefully, I'll see you in real Well, I will see you in real life very soon. You're coming I'll to see you in like two days. Yeah, we're gonna, you're coming to see the chorus sing our Halloween show. Woo. So Woo. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, and I hope you have a lovely, spooky rest of your Halloween season. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you go, Ooh. you have not told me what you're going to be dressing up as this Halloween. Oh, so I'm, uh, so I sing with the London Gamers Chorus and we're doing a Halloween show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have four outfit changes. Um, do you, do you want, do you want to know? Yes, I do. Of course okay. I do. So the first one is, is a trick or tree Halloween madness. So anyone can, everyone can do whatever. There were like 200 of us in the chorus. So imagine a stage full of all these gay men dressed up as however they want. My outfit is a bit, it's a bit Beetlejuice inspired. So it's kind of yeah. like those colours. Uh, the second outfit is a purple slash burgundy number uh, for our Take Me to Church section. So I've got a lacy purple... Um, Are you an aubergine? Thing. I am a bit of an aubergine, but it, it's, it's ASOS, <laughs> so they've, they've, it's a bit fashion forward where they've cut out like these little patches in the, in the shoulders um, for no reason other than it's from ASOS. Um, I, do, I, do go, I do talk about ASOS a lot on the podcast. I do love ASOS. I mean, I, and if you do want to sponsor me, you're more than welcome to. But sometimes you have fashionable <laughs> choices. But I do buy them as well. Uh, and then my third look is I'm part of a smaller group called the Performance Group. And we're doing a number from the Adam, Adams Family Musical. And because of my height, uh, and not because of my lack of singing ability, I am playing the part of Lurch, uh, where I get a bit of a uh at the end, uh, which is quite funny. And then the final look is to go with the Rocky Horror Show, um, where it's a bit sexy and a bit kinky, and it's all red and black, and you'll get to, I'm sure I'll post plenty of pictures of it online for everyone to, to see. And then on Sunday, I'm going to the West London Queer Project, uh, where drag queen star Ella the Day will be performing. Uh, and I've got a black lacy top and this like skeleton metal ribcage kind of harness type thing Love. on top. So it's all quite subtle, really. It's a uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all a bit fashion. Um, but yeah, that that is. I am going to be so. T- I'm, I've been off this week for holiday. I'm going to be so tired. I'm going to need a week off again. But sadly, I am back to work next week. Yay. <laughs> Uh, but I will let us both get to sleep because it's getting on quite late now. Thank you again, Jason, for joining me on the Champions of Happy. It's always My a pleasure, pleasure, babe. And you're welcome back anytime you want. Yay. So goodbye. Bye, James. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 